The Forever Bogus Podcast is brought to you by Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. That's right, folks. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, be sure to stop into Big Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. You know, good times, chili, retro gaming, what else do you want? That's right. If you're looking for a nostalgic good time, check out Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. Oh shit! Hey, are you getting any hype at all from uh, Blue Beetle? Do you feel like there's any rumbling no, of excitement for I, that? I'm not familiar oh. with with that that character at all. But the yeah, the trailer looks a little promising, I guess. It actually reminds me of that movie uh, Star Kid. Dude, I was gonna say Star Kid. Really? Yes, it's a Star Kid. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. Um, actually, I used to love Star Kid as a kid. I I have like. I went through a period where I used to rent that movie every week for a while. Me too. <laughs> and uh, did you really? Yes, I'm not Dude, even joking. We have a lot in common. Uh, and I remember the period of time where I was renting it all the time was like during basketball season. And my parents would like drag me to basketball at night. And I remember just thinking like this shit wouldn't be happening if I was Star Kid. Right. But you know. go back and rewatch it now. It is very disturbing to think that this like it's horrible. fleshy, it's horrible. Uh, sweaty thing that you just kind of put yourself into, kind of like a vagina. Yeah, yeah. Very, very strange. There's something weird. Like, you would see the inside of his face. Yes. Yeah. So I don't like it very much. But <laughs> it had a lenticular cover, which is nice. That's true. Yeah. Well, hello there, bogus listeners. And thank you for finding your way to another episode of the Forever Bogus Podcast. And it's me, your bogus host that knows the most, B-Boy Bogus Bryce, staring at the beautiful eyes of my best friend. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's me, uh, the other guy that does this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, right. Jamie, thanks for tuning in to the Forever Bogus Podcast. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. I feel like I'm a broken record, but I have to say this. Sure. We're back. <laughs> We're, back. <laughs> We're back once again. Yeah, don't don't call it a comeback because I've got a joke for that, and I've said it a million times on the show. We can't, we can't repeat that. Yeah, we can't keep repeating the joke. Look it up. Go to the archives, <laughs> folks. Archive.org. There Wait, is go. that what that site is? Are we on there? We're, I'm sure we are somewhere. All right. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's odd. It kind of feels weird to bring the mic out after not being able to do it for almost six months now. And I feel like we owe our listener some sort of an explanation. At the same time, I don't want to give an explanation, you know? Well, it's just because it's boring. You don't, it you know, is it's, uh, it's not how I want to start an episode. Exactly. But, you know, just for the sake of housekeeping, I guess we'll just run through it really quickly and okay. then we got, we'll get into the episode because we got a f- really fun one actually lined up. We sure do. It's the first one that I feel good about in a long time, wow. man. I'm like, I'm going to be like those babies at the Flash who are just, <laughs> they're going in a microwave. 38 year old babies oh there is a baby in a microwave in that movie no there i get like the 38 so year old babies that's just like oh my god funko pops and cereal <laughs> and, i mean i get it i get it uh no here here's the deal folks uh we've had a sponsor here on the show he is a uh a local business down in the dallas fort worth area in texas he is an arcade and restaurateur 
his name is Ed, and he has a chili and arcade. It's a hybrid kind of place. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to bring it up on the show a lot last season. Um, some people were confused whether it was a joke or whether it was a bit or not. <laughs> it's very much real. <laughs> it's, it's real. Yeah, it's real. real. We, we had a lot of fun with it, and we did bits, and we made jokes. But uh, we had some discussion with him. We're going to be a little bit more professional. This yes. is a true sponsor. You could visit their location. Uh, he sets the show up for us so so we can we can make time to do this and uh, so support him. I, I do want to publicly apologize for all the antics that we caused with with Big Ed last season. If you want to call it a season or not, there was a lot of confusion. I think uh, some people were actually harping on him and giving him bad reviews because of our show. Apparently, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which which I was uh, did not know about. So I'm I'm publicly apologizing you to to tip to, to big ed i am sorry we will no longer be doing that on the show we're going to keep it professional and in doing so i've actually met up with them we have a, a pretty good partnership going now uh, we have a little more say in what we want to cover on the show because we've actually given him a list of some topics that we're very interested in and that we think that our listeners will be very interested in and he kind of gives us the green light of which topic we should go with so what does big ed have on the menu for us today who let the dogs out (laughs) you know what's fucked up about that is that song is about heavy woman rolling up to a nightclub i did not know that and it it all makes sense and it's it's very fucked up because our mascot in high school was a bulldog so every time we had a game whether it was a football game a basketball game or whatever that song would blare and it would it would like even the last day of school who let their dog i mean it was just everywhere i got so yeah, tired yeah, yeah. of that song but today on the bogus cast we are covering and discussing 100 deeds for eddie mcdowd yeah dude this shit is straight up uh late 90s early 2000s nickelodeon this is a really interesting era for nickelodeon it really right? is it's almost the forgotten era of nickelodeon i feel like this is the era where especially our generation we were kind of growing out of nickelodeon which is so weird to say yeah but we were looking for more mature things around this time this is 1999 this premiered in october 16th of 1999 alongside like cousin skeeter wow the the mystery files with Shelby Wu. Uh, I'll tell you what though, I have no I have no enthusiasm for Shelby Wu. I I, I have a very limited history with this show, as we talked about off air. Mm-hmm. Hundred Deeds, Freddie McDowd. I have a little, very limited history. I did go to bat pretty hard for Skeeter. I did too, surprisingly, because I don't know why that really captivated me. Me too. I don't know what it is either, and I think that's definitely one that we'll, we will have to cover on the show eventually. Yeah, we'll get the green light from Big Ed, but I think that would be a fun one to cover because I would go to bat for it as well. But you said off air that you would never watch an episode of a, a hundred D's for Eddie McDowd. Is that correct? Uh, I did say that I would probably, I mean, I probably seen a handful. I was definitely oversimplifying and I've seen a little bit, but it absolutely nothing is in my memory about it. Uh, like we said, this was 1999. I was like, as deep into the throes of wrestling as I was ever going to be. 100%. This is I the mean, Attitude Era of, of WWF and also like NWO era of, of WCW. So wrestling was huge around this time and we were like 10 or 11. So so we latched on to something that was a little more mature and absurd rather than going back and watching the basics from Nickelodeon. So it, it makes sense that you kind of over, not necessarily overlooked it, but this show just didn't spark your interest. I mean, I definitely hindsight being 2020 and, and feeling like um, maybe I shouldn't have been watching wrestling that age 
because wrestling at that era was really fucking gnarly, dude. Uh, <laughs> yes. But like they started having bra and panties matches. Oh yeah, puppies. Uh- <laughs> speaking of puppies, by the way, speaking of dogs, right? Let me see them puppies. Let me see them puppies. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a really big titty obsession in wrestling in the late nineties. And as a fifth grader, I'm not going to watch Eddie McDowd anymore. I'm going to watch right? the show that's all about that, dude. You're not seeing that on Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had these matches where the where these ladies would uh, by winning you have to take the clothes off of the other lady. So strange. It's so weird to go back and look at now. But at that age, dude, obsess. We're really malformed adults because of that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like if you didn't drink milk and you drank like Pepsi instead, like every time you would have milk growing up, you just replaced it with Pepsi. That's sort of like wrestling. It's just garbage, bad for your brain, bad for your insides. And it gives you weird <laughs> sexual hangups. You're so right. And, and I feel that at 100 Ds, Reddy McDowell kind of lumps up in that. Like it's definitely a product of its era. But let, let's yeah. get into it. Let's get into these puppies. Show me them puppies. <laughs> the, the best way to describe... This show is from Eddie McDowell himself, and I'll do the best Seth Green impression that I can. Here we go. That's right. It was Seth Green. Seth Green did the voice for the dog, Eddie McDowell, for the first season. How wild. Now, that that just goes to show you that it takes a really a while for things to happen in Hollywood because that dude was hella around in the 90s. I mean, he he was was uh, Father Evil. He was Dr. Evil's son. Yep. all this stuff, but really, like, Robot Chicken wouldn't be another, like, 15 years. You're right. You're right. You know? So, you got... It takes a while. Yep. Exactly. So, okay, here we go. I'm Eddie McDowd. I'm a dog, and I talk. I used to be a kid, a bad kid, but then I messed with the wrong guy. He turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? That freak turned me into a dog. To be a kid again, I have to do a 100 good deeds, and the only person who can hear me talk is the last person I picked on. Now I'm living with this kid and his family. They love me, but they treat me like a dog. Uh, dude, I got to tell you, I love the premise uh, out of the gate. I really, really like it. It's cool. I could see when this was pitched at a meeting, people were like, this fucking rock. Yeah. This came from the mind of Thomas Lynch, who also created The Secret World of Alex Mack, a handful of... Uh, now, really quick, can I just... Alex Mack was the one where uh, she turned into Capri Sun, right? That's correct. Yeah. Capri yeah, okay. Sun. Yeah. But like Thomas Lynch worked on uh, Kids Incorporated, Night Tracks, uh, Secret World of okay. Alex Mag, The Pathfinder, which was like a, a, a bigger sci-fi TV movie around that time. Uh, the Journey of Alan Strange. I don't know if you remember that one or not. That's another like late 90s kind of forgotten uh, Nickelodeon show. I mean, you're naming a lot of things. True. A lot of credits. But it's almost like if you go to a diner and they have a lot of things, but like none of, none of them are good. very good. Yeah. <laughs> I we mean, have that's 49 fair. menus. We have 49 items on the menu, and they're all different kinds of garbage muffins. Yeah. And you're like, well, that stinks. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you have a lot of options here, but they, they all suck. And that's kind of how I felt about 100 Ds for Eddie McDowell. I remember when this premiered, and it was a big deal because uh, October is typically when, when new TV shows or new seasons of a TV show will, will premiere. 
And I watched the premiere episode and I remember actually enjoying it. I was kind of excited to watch the next episode because this is kind of a new, a new, at the time for me, a new premise. Mm-hmm. It, was, it felt very original. The, the dog itself looked very unique. Um, Seth Green, which I didn't know at the time, but Seth Green was playing the voice of it. So it all felt on par for a Nickelodeon TV show. Yeah. Hey, dude, uh, let me tell you something. If my uh, elementary school bully, Turned into a dog and lived in my house. I'd be feeding uh-huh. him fucking boogers, dude. <laughs> Just forcing boogers down the throat. Eat this booger. <laughs> Eat this booger. Well, let's get into that. Like, I mean, I wasn't bullied a lot when I was younger, thankfully. But if I found out that the last person that really picked on me turned into a dog, it would be really hard not to abuse that dog. <sighs> there's some gray. There, there's really gray area here because I, I don't. I, I don't think any dog should be abused no, even I if agree. they're bad ones. But knowing that it's it was your old bully, man, it really gets it really crosses some line. I maybe I wouldn't abuse him. I would make him do really embarrassing things, I think. I don't think I would even you help know? him. I'd be like, enjoy your life as a dog. You're gonna die many years before I do. That's true. Well I don't know. It depends, man. Like I, I'm thinking about my I didn't. I wasn't too bullied as a kid, thankfully. Okay. Um, but you know, everybody deals with it a little bit, and like the one I had. Okay, in elementary school, I had one. I guess you could call him a bully. Um, but he was like his mom and my mom were friends, and <laughs> that's even uh, worse. <laughs> yeah. So like, my mom and his mom would be hanging out, and he would just call you gay and hold your head underwater. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's basically the extent of it. So I don't know. I think if he turned into a dog and came to my house, I would. I would. Oh, you know what I would do? What? It's different now. Now, if you have a gay dog, it's fine. But back in <laughs> the 90s, back in the 90s, you didn't want to have a gay dog. Oh, here's what I would do. This would be the best. Here, okay. My bully turned into a dog and came to me. I would take him around town, just walking him and all that. And anytime anybody went to pet him and stuff, be like, oh, cute dog. Be like, yeah, he's gay. <laughs> He's he's so gay, and then what? he can't he can't speak up to defend himself because he's That's a dog. True, yeah. And only I could hear him be like, "He's so gay." He, <laughs> I, I'm, not into, gay I'm not into shaming dogs. Come on. No, 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 I'm not. Well, that's the thing. It was the 90s. I mean, think about it. Limp Bizkit and Eminem and stuff like that. It was a different time. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, we don't make yes. fun of gay dogs anymore in 2023. No, we do not. But in the 90s, all dogs are we accepted. We make fun of gay dogs, dude. Right. In the 90s, we were making fun of gay dogs, dude. <laughs> if you ran into a gay dog, you'd be like, that dog is that gay, bro. Gay. Well, we don't do that anymore. We've, we've woken up. You know, all dogs are created equal. In fact, if you go into Petco now... They have gay dog shirts. Yeah, like like rainbow scarves and shirts and stuff. I mean, hey, dude, if your dog is gay, that's cool. Exactly. Where, know, where are we going I, with I, this? I, we're we're still talking about Eddie McDowd, right? Well, here's the deal because because Eddie McDowd was a bully, and now he's living with the last kid he bullied. Yes. Now in the '90s, if you were bullied, probably your bully called you a gay nerd. Sure. And so, if I was in the '90s and my bully turned into a dog, I would be telling everybody in town. That I had a gay dog. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do he about it. You can't say anything about it. No. I got you now. I, I see the direction you're going in. All right. That's still abusive in a way. Yeah, but not physically. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm more about emotional, uh, emotional and spiritual abuse. I don't, you know. Well, I, it's interesting because Eddie has to do a hundred good deeds to turn back into himself. I, being the age of, of a dog, like... I. Honestly, I don't know what age 
he turned into as a dog. He didn't turn into a puppy. So this dog is already probably like two or three years old. Yeah. So he's got not a lot. He's got like ten years to figure this out. Yeah. So and it should have to be doing like a good deed at least once a day to to turn back into your former self. I Dude, guess. Dude, how about this? Here's what? something that we never uncovered with Eddie McDowd. Mm. All right. So say it takes him. Let me get out my calculator really quick. Okay. Uh, because I think this is important to do a little bit of science on this show. I mean, the Forever Bogus podcast is all about scientific fact checks. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's say, let's say, let's say, okay, they say seven years is one year in a dog. Uh, you know what I mean? One sure. year in, in, in life is seven years in a dog. That's how they age. Okay. So let's say it took, and you would have to be running a marathon to get these hundred deed, good deeds done. But let's say he completed them in three years. Okay. Okay. That is 21 years. Whew. Okay. So what was he like? 13, do you think, when he Probably, got turned into a dog? I, he was definitely a teenager. We'll, we'll say 13. I think 13 is fair. So thirteen would he come out as a thirty-four-year-old man? See, that's what that's what I'm so confused about with, with this. So I mean, we're trying to poke coals in a kids show, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to get to the bottom of it. Let me let me ask you a question. Was this who okay, so he messed with the wrong guy. Was the wrong guy like a warlock? No, that's the thing I don't quite understand too. He's just a homeless guy that caught Eddie bullying these people. Oh, by the way, played by Bull. From Night Court. Bull from Night Court was the homeless guy? Yeah, he was the homeless guy. Okay, but so Bull Bull is clearly a warlock because it, homeless people don't just have magic. No. By no. being homeless. That's what's so confusing about this. And he pops up throughout the series, too, to kind of remind Eddie, like, hey, you're on this mission and you got to keep up with this or you're just going to be a dog for the rest of your life. So I guess he is a warlock. He has some sort of powers? I don't know. This Can is I so ask strange. you a question? Yes. Okay, Bull from Night Court is a homeless warlock. That's actually a better uh, synopsis for a show. I agree, just actually. Bull from Night Court is a homeless I'm warlock. I'm totally down for that. And just follow his homeless warlock adventures. Anyway, <laughs> does the punishment fit the crime? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think everyone needs a little bit of, of bullion in their lives just to keep their life in check. Hey, what does Bull, Bull from Night Court talk like? He, he kind of talks like this. All right, let's just say it's, let's just say it's like this. Okay. Eddie... For your years of calling everybody gay nerds, I'm going to turn you into a gay nerd. <laughs> but it's a dog. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. a gay nerd. No, he's just a, he's just a regular human, but he's just, he's just a gay nerd now. changed and he's, and he's into Harry Potter books. I feel like that would be a, a more of a fit for his crimes rather than turning him into a straight dog. That is a great... Dude, we should pitch this show to somebody. I think people would love this. We have to preface that it's the 90s. It's set in the 90s. It goes around calling everybody a gay nerd. So Bull from Night Court is a homeless warlock. <laughs> and he turns him into a gay nerd to show him the error of his ways. So, and and he and he finds that he actually likes it. He's like, man, I can't believe I'm a gay nerd now. And then he's like, wait a second. I actually really like Harry Potter and men. Yeah. So so then he's like, I'm going to stop doing good deeds because I don't want to get changed back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's why the show never really ends because he never has to complete his hundred deeds because he's like, actually, I'm good. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> it lasts like 25 seasons. Yeah, it's 25 <laughs> seasons. I've actually given up on the deeds. I'm just reading Harry Potter and, and going to nightclubs. Yeah, I like that. But that's not the case here with 100, 100 deeds for Eddie McDowell. And it's odd because the good deeds are so convoluted. Because, like, sometimes it would make sense and sometimes it doesn't. 
So they, they do all the right things like before the end of the episode, but it's not good enough for the warlock. So the warlock is really deciding whether you've done enough. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And I don't necessarily like that because it, it's kind of giving kids the wrong view on good deeds sometimes. That's what's I'm so confused about with this show. This should be most optimally. I mean, when we when you told me the when you did the intro to the show and you talked about it, I was like, that's actually a great idea. But you know what? It's not a great... I don't think it's a great idea for an entire show. No. I think it's a great idea for an episode of Erie, Indiana. That, I mean... My bully got... My next door neighbor bully got turned into a dog. No, and I I'm agree. from Jersey. So, uh, this would make a great you know TV he's, You know he's from movie. Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. I know he's from Jersey, yeah. All right. Uh, and you are too. I know. I get it. I get the connection. Yeah. Every time I bring up Missouri, you're like, <laughs> Missouri? I'm like, well, actually, I see, I see more. I'm starting to see more Missouri stuff in the wild as I research it. I think there's more going on down there than you guys are uh, really putting on. Well, to. you guys I'm are glad kinda... that you're noticing that because the only time I hear Missouri pop up is during like a forensics file episode. Oh yeah, it's a that's small true. rural town in Missouri. <laughs> I know like, he cut up his wife and he stuck her inside of his wife. <laughs> The different parts he put it. Yeah, it's like oh, that's Missouri Fago and putting your cut up wife inside your other wife. Uh, no, I'm starting to see more stuff. Um, but yeah, it's definitely hidden under the veil of like we only like barbecue and open fields. Sure, I mean that's yeah. that's more Kansas, I think. But but that's fine. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that in another episode. But hundred D's for Eddie McDowell. So it's 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 a very interesting concept. I like the concept concept, but it's not necessarily executed in the way that I thought it would be. But I mean, everything was on the right track. Like they got the right dog, the very unique dog. Let's get a look at this boy. Yeah, take please take take a look at this boy because he is he's a very darling looking boy. He's an Australian Shepherd and a Siberian Husky mix. So you can definitely see that mix, and he has two different colored eyes. So very unique dog. Oh yeah. And, um, I I don't know how it is to work with like dog actors. I imagine it's yeah. not super easy, but I feel that. Even though he he's done forty episodes, this dog has done forty episodes. He doesn't seem like he gets tired of it. Like he keeps. Wait, up. let me ask you a question: Is is Little Pete human, Eddie McDowd? No, he is like he is another another bully. Because let me tell you something: They have him dressed like he frequents some special nightclubs. <laughs> he's all in Look leather. Look at this leather hat he's wearing. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Who are you picking on, dog? Dude, it's weird because Danny Danny Tamborelli was a lot larger than you think he was around this time because he was in uh, Figure It Out, all that, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. He made cameos of like uh, Space Cases and Eddie uh, Hundred D's for Eddie McDowell. Like- also, Jersey Boy. Yes, he is. Another Jersey Boy. Worked in a Jersey bagel store for many years. Uh, but let me tell you something. I'm looking at this dog, Eddie McDowd, and he is a beautiful dog. Um, I love him. I would give him a hug. I would give him a kiss. I would give him a pet. I'd give him a scratch. I'd do anything, mm-hmm. basically. But his fur pattern has black circles around his eyes. Where are you going with this? He almost looks like a heroin addict, and I think that that's <laughs> a really funny idea for a show. <laughs> My dog's a junkie, and I got to get him clean. It's a <laughs> hundred clean days for Eddie McDowd. Here we go. You don't get a hundred clean days, you're out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's just the dog shaking and falling asleep in yeah, the corner of the room. It's like you're day ninety eight, and you're still shooting up. 
It's time to put you down. My, I caught my dog shooting up again today. <laughs> it's still Seth uh, Seth Green yeah. doing the voice yeah. of him. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to catch a buzz, man. It's no big deal. Just leave me alone. Eddie, you've been drinking again. No, it's just head one. I'm just, just tired. A, just a couple. It's like intervention. <laughs> it's 100 like clean days for Eddie McDowd. That's my pitch for the show. <laughs> Eddie McDowd is a heroin addict, and uh, wow, yeah, look at Bull here from Night Court. He looks very intimidating as a homeless yeah. warlock. It's it's very interesting. He definitely is a warlock, though, for sure. I mean, they don't he just has give. To be. It makes yeah. the most sense. Yeah, it makes the most sense for the show. But I feel that everyone did the best that they could with with the show. It unfortunately only lasted three seasons and forty episodes, so a hundred. Uh, good deeds minus 40 that leaves 60 good deeds left so my question for you jamie is do you think that eddie fulfilled his 100 good deeds and did he get changed back into a teenager or a 30 40 year old guy Mm. let's think about that well i mean really bull from night court the warlock homeless man he really threw a curveball into the mix here by showing up and saying, actually, the good deed you worked on all day today wasn't very good. So, mm-hmm. in a weird way, I said, okay, what did, let's let's say this, what did Eddie McDowell do to Warlock Bull from Night Court to, to have him turn into a dog? Because I think that he was never going to turn him back. I no. think he was just going to fuck with him forever. I, I agree with that, especially if you go back and watch the, the very first episode. So, Pretty much what happens is just that Eddie starts messing with Bull, the the homeless warlock, and Bull, the homeless warlock, had enough and said, like, that's it. I've seen you bully all these kids around for way too long, so I'm going to do something about it. But I think you're right. I think it's kind of like one of those monkey claw situations where you wish for something, but you get a bad thing in return. You got to, like, really focus on what you're wishing for. But I think in this case... Absolutely. I don't think that he was had any intention of turning them back. I know how it goes. I ju- as you were talking, I just got it. We're pretty good at this. We should write TV. <laughs> I agree. So yeah, it starts taking like this darker turn as the show goes. Let's say this is this is my pitch, how it should end. Okay. It starts taking this darker turn and uh, and Bull is sort of like being a, a, a worse and worse dick about it. And it starts to become clear that... Uh, He's not going to turn Eddie McDowd back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the the monkey paw, as you called it, or monkey claw. I don't know if it's monkey paw or monkey claw, but the, you know. I can't remember. Either way. Oh, man. Okay. He takes him to a kennel and gets him neutered. He gets his balls cut off. And the revenge and the final episode is that Eddie bites the balls off of... <laughs> The homeless warlock. Yeah, yeah, he rips his dick and balls off. <laughs> a ball for a ball. It ends like a creep show. Like it has ends like spooky piano sounds. Yes. Bing, 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 bing. And it's bull on the floor, like screaming. Ah, oh. my penis and ball sack. Ah. <laughs> bing, bong, bing, bong, <laughs> bing, bong, bing, bong. Boom. Bing, bong, bing, bong. And then it fades bong. to black. Yeah. <laughs> the end. I yeah. personally, I don't think he got changed back. By the time he got to maybe his 80th good deed, he was too old to move, and they had to put him down. Like, he had 
like uh, kidney failure like a lot of these dogs do in their older age or maybe he develops some sort of cancer and so like he's still trying his hardest because he's like maybe if I turn back to a human I won't have all these existing illnesses or something but he just can't he can't move anymore and they have to put yeah. him down that's terribly sad it is terribly sad and that's sad. a terrible like it- you shouldn't have even <laughs> said that honestly because I like my ending better I think that he realizes that Bull's not going to turn him back and he bites Bull's dick and balls off and then kind of the show <laughs> ends you know what I mean this also got me to thinking that uh, it's just an odd use of CGI to make dog's mouse move instead of like doing it naturally like they used to back in like the 60s and 70s kind of like the uh, that horse uh, Mr. Ed approach where they put, yeah, like, they put peanut, peanut butter, butter under his lips like, but, yeah, but it's yeah. not like that it's all CGI so it, it looks very odd but the dog itself actually does a pretty good job of staying still long enough where it doesn't look too weird or too odd like out of place I don't yeah. know. Like, how, how do you feel about that? I feel like uh, dog actors are more important than we realize. Oh, you know I, what I, I mean? agree. Uh, you can't just slap them in front of a camera, and you know. I think these dog actors are really uh, carrying a lot of weight in these in these motion pictures and television series. I, I agree, and I hope that they get paid handsomely for for what they do because you can definitely tell a difference between a well trained dog actor versus a, a, just a dog coming in t- to as an extra. Well, they do get paid. I got I got one for you here. This is this is pretty gnarly. Terry, uh, the dog who played Toto in the Wizard of Oz. Yes, he was paid more than many of the Munchkins on the cast. Are you kidding? Yes, me? he made more it- money than the Munchkins. Those little people, man, they they were probably worked up. Yeah, that's messed up. Or, or, that's, or you think they were just used to it by then? I'd imagine that they were used to it by then, just because of the the stigma that that existed around that time. But yeah. we're talking about dogs here. We're not talking about about little people. So, do you have a figure of how much Terry made? Uh, that wasn't said, but I okay. have some figures for some other famous dogs that I would love I'm, to share. I'm interested. I would absolutely love to hear this. So one of the most famous dog actors uh, is called is named Rin Tin Tin, and uh, he is basically if you ever look up any list of famous dogs or you're clicking around about famous acting dogs, Rin Tin Tin is always top of the list because he was a kind of a pioneer and he is like primarily a silent film dog actor. So mm-hmm. probably I don't expect a lot of our audience to have seen a lot of his films, but by the end of his life he had worked. 27 film roles, including uh, The Man from Hell's River in 1922 and Where the North Began in 1923. Um, but what's really interesting about Rin Tin Tin, one is his pay scale. At, by 1926, like we said, he was making up to $6,000 a week in 1926 for, for wow. his work. Yeah. I can't imagine what that is in like today's Yeah, we'd have to do some math here and uh, although we just said the show was about math and science, I'm not gonna fucking do that shit, <laughs> no. dog. He was getting paid handsomely. That's all that matters. But look, check it out. The the story of Rin Tin Tin is really what's pretty special here because he was actually rescued from a World War I battlefield in France by this American soldier named Lee Duncan. Wow. And uh, Lee Duncan brought Rin home back to the United States and immediately started training him for silent films where, again, he was almost an immediate success. Hmm. Um, And not only is his his rise to success um, just exciting and, and, and monumentous. That's probably not a word. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I think I get the gist. It, it, his, his rise to success was huge. Uh, but 
it was also like the reason why Warner Brothers exists. Uh, really? Warner Brothers was going bankrupt around this time. Okay. And people couldn't get enough of Rin Tin Tin in these movies, and these movies saved Warner Brothers from bankruptcy. You're talking about your what? Flash movie. That wouldn't exist without Rin Tin Tin's dog acting back in the 1920s. You're right, because, I mean, it's, it's WB affiliated. So you're telling me this small dog single-handedly saved a company that pretty much that we were pretty much raised on i mean all we look yeah. back all the cartoons all the movies and stuff we enjoy from the 90s are affiliated with wb 100 percent, dude animaniacs and your tiny uh, Batman Adventures, animated Batman. series yes, tiny Toons, yep. yes you could thank rin tin tin the uh the german shepherd male born in 1918 wow now here there's a rumor that exists in um uh T- tinseltown uh, which is that the very first year of the Oscars having an open voting poll, uh, Rinton Tin received more votes than any human actor. Wow, that's kind of pathetic and, and sad. That, that's exactly what it was. The hum- <laughs> yes. Well, the thing is, it's like because it's the reason why dogs are great is because like you never find out that your favorite dog actor was like a sexual pest or anything like that you know they're well, it's more pure. accepted like if if rent 10 is gonna go smell my crotch i think it's funny and cute yeah it's it's not harvey weinstein you know what i mean uh but <laughs> i knew he was weasel his way somehow into this yeah episode. yeah uh but here's the so here's the deal he he received more open votes at the oscars for the best actor and the the first year that they opened up open voting for the Oscars, but mm-hmm. the the Academy was like, well, that's embarrassing, and it makes us look ser- not that serious and and kind of silly. So they wound up just giving um, the the Oscar to Emil Jannings. Wait, so Rintinton didn't even get like a- an honorable mention or anything? No, they 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 figured it would be sh- shameful that's, uh, that's uh, for, so for the actors, for which, which seems messed up. Which seems messed up, but it but it is. Look, dude, this dog was earning $6,000 a week in 1926. I don't think he gives a shit about a, a statue. This dude is having all the milk bones in the world. You're right. Now, here's the deal with the continued legacy of Rent a Tin. Uh, sadly, of course, he's a dog. They, you know their their lifespan and stuff. He died August 10th, 1932, but is survived by a long line of dog actors in his bloodline. His son was a dog actor. His mm. grandson was a dog actor. Okay. And his great-grandson was a dog actor. They're all Rent a Tin, second, third, and fourth. Huh. Um, and his DNA continues to this day in a Texas kennel, um, which they just try to breed dog actors essentially. Well, they, they had some of his bloodline in their kennel and it, to this day, that bloodline continues to produce eight to 11 puppies a year. Wow. To this day. So, so at least, you know, what one out of one out of 11 could be a great, Dog actor, I guess. Yeah, uh, you got to put him up to the plate. You got to give him the chance. And so uh, this got me thinking, just just you talking about Rin Tin Tin, about how successful dog actors really could be. And there was one that like popped up for me who's been in a lot of our favorite uh, uh, movies growing up. And that is Darla, the dog. And that name may not ring a bell, but it's the, the pink poodle that's in... The, the Science of the Lambs, Batman Returns, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, The Burbs. Like, oh, wow. So you know which dog I'm talking about? Is that is that Spec in Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's it's crazy how successful Darla was. 
because she was actually nominated for for many awards too, kind of like Ren Ten Ten. And it's 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 weird to think about because like Darla didn't really have a huge role in these movies like Ren Ten Ten would, but it would still go on to have a very successful career and it span across many movies. It's kind of impressive of what this little poodle could do. Because when I think of a poodle, I don't think a movie star. I think of like Paris Hilton and like her little bag and stuff and carrying them around. I just feel like it's a, it's a little like accessory. So I don't really yeah. think of like a, a poodle being a star. That's heightest of you. You're judging people based yeah. on their height. <laughs> Look at You're what's right. his name? Tom Cruise. Dude's five feet tall, but is jumping out of airplanes every year to make a Mission Impossible movie. Does his own stunts. Tom Cruise is the poodle equivalent of a of a human. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. I, I if think Tom Cruise so. was a dog, he would be a, pu- a poodle. And oh. Tom Cruise is jumping out of airplanes to make Mission Impossible movies. One hundred percent. So you can't judge poodles, man. You're right. You're right. So I I feel sorry, and I, I want to have a blanket apology to all poodles out there. I'm sorry for prejudging you. Uh, after seeing Darla perform in in these movies, I have taken back all of my thoughts and words against. Yeah, I also want to make an apology poodles. too, really quickly. If if we're having an apology corner uh, here, okay. I I want to apologize to all the dog heroin addicts out there. Yes. Um, for my jokes early about dogs that are struggling with addiction. If you have a dog that's struggling with addiction, um, there is help. Yes, there is. I don't know where it is. I don't know who it is. I but think I, I think all they have to do is just go on their cell phone and dial nine eight eight. I think that's the the yeah. help the uh, mental help line. So all the dogs out there that are listening to the Forever Bogus podcast, just uh, if if you are needing any sort of help, reach out, reach out. And 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 if you are listening, uh, who's a good boy? Who wants to go outside? Who's a good boy? Who's yeah. a good boy? Who I think is a good boy is Soccer. Soccer is a really <laughs> great name for a dog. Uh, I actually really love this. It's so to prepare for this episode, I, I did some a deep dive on Rowdy, the uh, who plays uh, the dog form of Eddie McDowell, and there's not much about him. And unfortunately, he. Uh, only had a couple roles in in film. Yeah, and a um, lot of these dogs only get like one or two roles. Yes, which is why a dog like Rin Tin Tin is so special, and exactly. some of these other ones, and the Airbud. We've we've talked about Airbud in the past. We have, we have, and that's that's a a long deep dive. If you want to know more, honestly, about- we should do a whole episode on. Airbud. Uh, I we feel really like should. we covered it all. It was just a very nah. sad ending. It's nah. Well, that's to you though. You always do that. You even did that with Eddie McDowell <laughs> just now. You were like, <laughs> and I think he should have just fucking died. And, and I think they put dead. him down. <laughs> he lost all motor functions. They had to put him down. You have a. Uh, I don't know, a, a tendency to lean towards sad endings, I think. But I feel like that that comes from the era that we grew up in. Like every no, it comes sitcom. from Donnie Darko. Dude, you had long hair cover on one eye, and you were watching you're Donnie right. Darko, you were like, this is sick. I love yeah, sad Yeah, and I was, I was making uh, a gun out of my hands. All around yeah. me are familiar faces. Okay, Soccer, the dog. Yeah, tell me The about reason soccer. why Soccer, the dog, came up is because Rowdy, who played Eddie McDowell, uh, was pretty much his only role. And it was, I mean, it was a huge success. I mean, doing 40 episodes for the span of a dog's life. And he also had a couple other cameos and stuff like on the Drew Carey show. So it's, it's impressive to see this dog do that, that much work. And so I've never been on, I'm a human and I've never been on the Drew Carey show. Me neither. Me neither. But anyway, so soccer, he is the Jack Russell Terrier that played wishbone Mm. and he was in 
I don't know how many episodes, a hundred episodes or something like that. Uh, very, very good boy. I love soccer a lot. And, and I love that they didn't do the CGI, uh, mouth talking on him. He kind of just like, yeah. you just heard what he was thinking, but he is such an impressive boy. When you go back and watch wishbone and all the scenarios and all the different tricks and everything that he does, he really carries the weight of the show on his shoulders. So I think that soccer is a very good boy. What do they do now? Speaking of CG mouth moving animals, what did they do? For, what was uh, Sabrina's cat's name? Was that Salem? Salem. Yes. He was animatronic. Did his mouth move? Yes, but he was animatronic. He was a oh, puppet. Oh, yeah. He looked, he looked fucked up sometimes. Oh, he does. Like, don't, like, That's don't go. I do not recommend going back and watching Sabrina yeah. for that reason because it is very scary. I, I love cats. I prefer cats over dogs, but we're talking about soccer right now. Yeah, yeah, and soccer rules. So I, I love learning a little bit about the history of these dog actors and like kind of where, where they got their start at. So soccer was a, a seasoned television commercial uh, dog actor. He was in a bunch of like Nike commercials. And I don't know if you remember those mighty dog food commercials, but he was in majority of them from the mid to late nineties. Like he's, he's pretty much been in television from 1988 until he passed away in 2001. Damn. Soccer was the real deal. He is the, the real deal. And I, I'm not a huge fan of Wishbone, like going back and watching it now. It's it's honestly not that good of a show. But I will stand on the hill and say that that show was only successful because of soccer. If they would have chose yeah. any other breed or any other uh, dog actor, it would not have, uh, have lasted as long as it did. He's just such a good boy. You can go, you can go to bat for an actor's performance and not like the movie or show, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the cases here. And I, I mean, honestly, is the case with Eddie McDowell too. I hadn't seen a lot of it. Maybe the show was goofy, but dog showed up and, and put in the work, man. Really did. And, and I, I guess in that same regard, uh, Rowdy, that, that dog actor really did carry the weight of the show on his shoulders for those 40 episodes, because I think they, if they would have chosen, like, we'll say, um, I forgot what breed Lassie is, if they would have chose that breed for 100 Ds for Eddie McDowell, I don't think it would have worked that well. So it, yeah. it's, it is, they had to be very particular of what, A, the breed of the dog, what it looks like, and, and B, how it performs among humans. And I think that in this case with Eddie McDowell, along with Wishbone, they made the right decision. What if uh, Eddie McDowell was about... Like a kid who had a dog, but the dog was racist. And he's like, shit, I've got to live with my racist dog. And I got to, you know what I mean? That sounds terrible. So now he has to learn to to not be racist and be be more diverse and be around like a, a, an inner city uh, community. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that we spent most of this episode trying to figure out how we can reboot. How to rewrite. Yeah. Okay. You take this like really racist. Oh, yeah. You take this really racist like Ku Klux Klan Southern guy. Uh Uh-huh. And he crosses paths (gasps) with a uh, voodoo priestess who turned him into a dog that has to live in like Harlem or something like that. (laughs) And he's like, God damn it. He has to learn to love all races before he becomes a, a human again. Yeah, because like, the, and then like, the only people that take care of him is it, are like black people. And he's like, man, maybe, maybe I was wrong all these years. You know, there, there, there could be something good there. Whoa. Okay. 
Well, there you have it. Uh, Some dog actors for our dog days of summer. And the return of the Forever Bogus Podcast. My final word on Eddie McDowd, 100 Ds for Eddie McDowd, is if you can find a way to watch it, because, again, this is a a weird point uh, of a Nickelodeon where a lot of these shows are not streaming. Like, all the shows that premiered around this time in October of 1999 are are, are dead. Like they're not on any sort of like uh, streaming networks. Like you can go on Paramount and watch almost anything from the early 90s. Yeah, they're pretty bad at that. Yeah, I don't quite understand that. I recommend watching at least an episode. I think you'd be pre- pleasantly surprised. I think I'm going to go back and watch Eddie McDowd. Honestly, this is the this is the first thing that's like intrigued me in a while to like say like I'm actually I'm going to watch that. Yeah. So, so it just seems nice. I don't know. It is. And if you're wanting to hear more about like dog actors and some good boys, go back and listen to our Dog Days of Summer episode that came out like five years ago or something like that. Um, because I know that we've missed quite a few good boys in this episode. But uh, God, there's just so many more. Like like last, I want to figure out more about Gidget. That, that would be very interesting. Yeah. And so, like, if if there are any of them that we miss that you think we need to cover on a future episode, please reach out to us, either through our Facebook or Instagram, or just email us. Like, we want to hear more from you, so we know we want to cover in the future episodes. Yeah, I got one last movie I want to pitch to you oh, before the goodness. episode Oh, goodness, here we ends. go. Okay. Okay, so it is a mockumentary-style film with private room interviews, almost like reality TV kind of thing. Like, I want it to be an e-Hollywood true story based thing (laughs) on a dog actor that just, it went to his head, he got addicted to cocaine, (laughs) and like, he lived hard, he lived fast, you know what I mean? He got endorsed by like, Nike or Reebok, so he's got all these endorsements. (laughs) Just, yeah. And it was just uh, the Purina, man. He couldn't get enough of the stuff. I told him he needed to back off the Purina, but... He needed to back off it, man, but he just couldn't. He couldn't back off the but Purina. But he's, he's actually yeah. still alive. He's just like on his last his last life. So they're trying to do interviews with them, but they can't get a hold of him. Like he sleeps in too late or yeah, he's, yeah. he's missing because he's got to find his fix. Maybe that's the thing. You got to try to... They're try, The film crew is trying to track him down. He's been missing <laughs> off the scene for 10 years. Yeah. You know, they find him. He's like a real... Maybe they find him at the end and he's passed away. Oh. And that's like the lesson. They're like, damn. damn. But then you get to you get to see his legacy and some puppies that were left behind. <laughs> right. That's a good ass movie. That's a really good movie. I would watch movie. that. It sounds like it would be uh, a, a mockumentary or documentary about a, a child actor that was very successful and then fell yeah. off. You know, fell oh, off the wagon. Or he something. should be voiced by. He should be voiced by Macaulay Culkin. Oh, dude. so there's some kind of like crossover like that. Yes. Like you know what I mean? Yes. Or maybe that's how we bring Charlie Sheen back. Have Charlie Sheen voice that dog yeah i don't know oh dude can you make a clip of a dog being interviewed okay just but we don't okay i'll make a picture of a dog sitting in a chair with people holding microphones to his face okay and then we'll just put the audio of of charlie sheen going like yeah and uh uh, winning yeah you know is there cocaine in the house yeah of course there is am i gonna do anything about it no no winning you know that kind of thing i want to do that i want to do that so bad uh it feels great to be back jamie Sure. (laughs) (laughs) If you do find yourself in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, please check out Ed's Retro Arcade and Chili. Uh, I am been kind of... What's the best word to describe this? He's he's an an elder. He's an older man. He doesn't understand technology that well. So, like, his website that he did have up was 
pretty bad like it wasn't user friendly it was like one of those old geocity sites where the the text was like a neon green and the background was like yeah. a white so it's just really hard to read so i've been trying to help him and so uh hopefully here soon you'll be seeing a brand new ed's retro arcade and uh chili website so you can actually yeah. find out what uh, cabinets he has there what specials that he's producing speaking of specials um we've been kind of conversing back and forth about making uh an exclusive forever bogus chili i think that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i can't i can't wait for the bogus blend it's gonna be awesome there's a lot more interaction with with our sponsor which i'm really looking forward to and again i'm sorry ed for causing so much trouble over the last season but that's not gonna happen this season yeah and and honestly you guys probably won't hear about it as much uh we're not gonna keep harping on it but yeah it's our sponsor we'll bring up the bogus blend but that's ready we're working on it we're talking about different flavors to go into it something that nostalgic i want to go into cereal flavor but cereal Dude, flavor chili is gnarly you know that's not a bad idea maybe we can make like a sister uh restaurant or something that's all cereal affiliated ed's retro cereal and something else yeah i don't know man <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either i don't know if he's got the money but we'll 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 see man uh it, it's good to be back listen this was our first sponsor and we've never had a sponsor before and we don't really know how to treat a sponsor. Like we've never, we don't want to get paid to do this. You know, it's, it's nice to have that to kind of help support um, the show financially, but we've never really experienced this before. So I, I don't know why I keep repeating myself, but I'm just, I'm sorry for what we had done last season. And I really hope that he accepts that apology. I think he has, cause he's continued to want to work with us and we finally worked that out. So yeah. Yeah. The truth it, is, I didn't think he was ever going to listen, so I made a lot of jokes and stuff. Well, uh, turns out he was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, guys, <laughs> look out for more episodes. Of That's the right. Bogus podcast. And we're still going to have our uh, very boogus Halloween season, which will be coming up in September. So it's still going to feel like the same show. Actually, probably going to feel more like the same show than it, than it did before, just because we, we could have a little more uh, decision-making uh, now moving forward. I think we found a good balance here. Yeah, it's yeah. all about balance, man. Yep, well, that's it for us here at the Bogus Cast. Until next time, always remember to be kind. Rewind. And we'll all stay, stay bogus. bogus. Yeah. <laughs> Forever bogus, y'all should know this. Forever bogus, y'all should know this. Forever bogus, y'all should know this. This be the best podcast in the universe. We got the host, Rash Shoemaker. Nothing like Babe Ruth candy bars, any takers, and Arsenal of VHS tapes. I'm feeling really great. I'm hoping y'all great. Flea markets, yeah, it's one for a nickel. Complain about Rwanda sounding like Angelica Pickles. Watching P and P, maybe Malcolm in the middle. Sail on Gary the Snail, Mr. McNeely. I hope one of these days you could bring me my mail. E count, Shakula, you Hoover, Oda Pale Ales. Yo, I'm doper than diamonds. I got my bling with sales. Thinking I'ma get riders black, but still I prevail. I got no rhymes for the VHS community. Got some lunch meat for you Nimrods. Rat game, Steve Jobs. I'm that PT style, the distant, eat my socks. Ox, dragon slayer, modified with lasers. What we need right here is some good old taters. Back to back clamshells of the King Crusader. The one from the 90s as well as beyond.